history of Vietnam is just marked by 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 war, lots of war, lots of war around being invaded by foreign occupiers, either the Chinese or the Japanese or the Americans. So the, the history of Vietnam is really around protecting our land and culture from foreign influence. So in 1975, that was when the end of the um, the Vietnam War, they call it the American War in Vietnam, where the North and South Vietnam, which had been separated in 1954 after the French left, after the French gave up their colonial um, rule over Vietnam, the, the world divided um, Vietnam into North and South Vietnam with a communist-led government in the North and a more socialist republic in the South. And then, but, the, but you, Vietnam has always wanted to be unified. It's always wanted to be one country. So the North and South engaged in this war um, and the Americans came in to, to support the South to, to prevent communism from spreading. But in the end, you know, I, I think whether you're from the North or the South, it, it doesn't really matter. There's a, there's a pride in that Vietnam was able to send America away and, and keep their country independent and unified. But for those living in the South, like my, my father and my mother, um, who were just because of geography and, and you know culture, they were affiliated with the Southern government. And so um, when the, when the, war ended they, they they had to leave otherwise there were there were repercussions of staying welcome to the immigrant experience in america an immigrant human library where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the united states and around the world listen in as we add another story to our immigrant human library Hello, listeners, and thanks for joining us on another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America, where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States and around the world. We are in the process of building an immigrant human library, and we're so happy to be adding another story to this library today, that of Elizabeth Nguyen. Please tell me I got that correctly. I've, you got I heard it right. So you got it right. So totally many different right. versions of it. <laughs> you nailed it. Awesome, awesome. So please introduce yourself, Elizabeth, to our audience and give us a bit about your personal professional bio. Yeah, thank you so much, Simone, for having me on this conversation. I love what you're doing, amplifying the immigrant experience just to, to understand each other better. So I'm Dr. Elizabeth Nguyen. My, I was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, but my parents were refugees from Vietnam who came to Hawaii in America um, from Vietnam after the war ended in 1975 uh, to Hawaii, where I was born and raised. And I'm now a cross-cultural, multidimensional psychiatrist. I live in California. I recently published my first book called Aloha Vietnam, telling the story, the fictional story of a Vietnamese American refugee family navigating their adolescent daughter's bipolar uh, illness. Okay. Wow. Well, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting into the book and, and learning more about the story. But yeah, so you've given us a bit about what brings you to the U.S. Your parents were refugees from Vietnam. So what was it like? Do you, rem do you have, you were born here, right? So you I was born in Hawaii. Vietnam? 
I was born in Hawaii. I actually just got back from an ancestral healing trip, taking my mother and children back to Vietnam. It was my first time going back to Vietnam with my mother and children. I had been there before, but, you know, this theme of how migration, even if it's planned, and especially if it's not planned, how immigration and migration really alters the entire life story of a family, of a lineage, and and how do we navigate that in the present time, answering questions in the past and passing along this inheritance to our, our children? So this is these are topics that are all so alive and rich in my daily life and consciousness, both in my personal life and in my professional work. So I'm happy to unpack all of that. Right, right. So what was it like? I wonder when you went back for the first time, what was your experience? Tell us about Vietnam. Uh, we haven't interviewed anyone yet from Vietnam. You're the first. With I would you know, love some... to be a representative yeah. of my culture and ancestral lineage. So actually, my first time going back to Vietnam was in my 20s in college. Um, I so felt this desire and need to go back to my motherland where my, my family was from. But at that time, political relations between... Vietnam and the US were still still just opening up. So my parents actually were very, they were opposed to me going back. They still had their own unprocessed fears and traumas around leaving. And they're like, you, it's not safe for you to go back. You know, don't go back now. But I, I was so determined. There was something in me that felt like I just needed to go back and, and understand and see where my family came from. Right. A, yeah. And so, but that was my first time back and I was a college student and I totally, you know, enjoyed being there in my twenties, but it was such a different experience coming back now, 20 years later, I didn't go back between then. And then this past month, I went back for the second time um, with my mother and my children. And it really felt like a homecoming in so many ways. And Vietnam, I would say, is a country, a beautiful country that's along the coast of the South, South, you know, South Indochinese uh, Ocean. Um, it's just it hugs the coastline. It's one of those countries that it's like has the luxury of of being entirely on the ocean, and it's it's so diverse from the north to the south. It's so varied and there's different dialects and ethnic minorities in cultures in each region of Vietnam, um, different foods. Um, Vietnam is a lot about, I think as in many cultures, a lot about food and family and being connected to the land. A lot of countries outside of the industrialized world, like maybe like UK or some other European countries, US, Canada, tend to be more communal in what I call high context cultures, right? So that's so much across the world, right? Yes, yes. Vietnam, I would say, is a very communal, communal culture. There's there's all these communities that you belong to when you when you live there there's the community of just your neighborhood of your your you know your market your um your family so it's definitely the relationships in vietnam are definitely what make it um you know it's very high contact communal relationship based culture You're, it's we were in saigon for 
few days and there's just so many people there. <laughs> there's just, a, there's just, you just have no choice but to be rubbing up against your, your, your countrymen all the time. <laughs> right, right. So give us a sense for what, what caused your parents to leave? What was going on at the time historically and why there's such trauma for them going back to the country? Yeah, so my so Vietnam, the history of Vietnam is just marked by 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 war, lots of war, lots of war around being invaded by foreign occupiers, either the Chinese or the Japanese or the Americans. So the the history of Vietnam is really around protecting our land and culture from foreign influence. So in 1975, that was when the end of the um, the Vietnam War, they call it the American War in Vietnam, where the North and South Vietnam, which had been separated in 1954 after the French left, after the French gave up their colonial um, rule over Vietnam, the, the world divided um, Vietnam into North and South Vietnam with a communist-led government in the North and a more socialist republic in the South. And then, but the, the, you, Vietnam has always wanted to be unified. It's always wanted to be one country. So the North and South engaged in this war um, and the Americans came in to, to support the South to, to prevent communism from spreading. But in the end, you know, I, I think whether you're from the north or the south, it, it doesn't really matter. There's a there's a pride in that Vietnam was able to send America away and and keep their country independent and unified. But for those living in the south, like my my father and my mother, um, who were just because of geography and and you know culture, they were affiliated with the southern government, and so um, when the when the war ended they, they they had to leave otherwise there were there were repercussions of staying so after the war then it, it was it basically it was communism that took over i'm assuming based on what you're saying i don't know the history like honestly yeah uh, I, you funny. know i didn't know much about it either in terms of like history and politics those are not my areas of study but yes it is now one unified country um with a communist government um but the the people of Vietnam, they're really moving past war. They're really moving past a uh, past. They're trying to make a new a new story for for healing and for new life and new growth. All right. So because all we know since we've migrated here in the U.S., you hear everybody talking about the Vietnam War. They're a Vietnam vet, and you see these. We used to see these movies, these Rambo movies. Right. That's all we had when we were in, on the island of Rambo and people coming in. I, I, I remember movies about Cambodia. Vietnam was on the list of Rambo coming in to save somebody. So that's all we know is this little bit about the media, you know, and so it's interesting. In America, especially when you say the word Vietnam, the majority of people will, will think about the Vietnam War and associate with the war and Vietnam War vets and boat people. And I think as any immigrant uh, journey is, and, and what you're doing with your podcast is really unpacking these just sort of like knee jerk, broad brushstroke stereotypes, and really getting to understand Vietnamese people and Vietnamese culture, 
and understanding a country beyond just war. Yes, the history of Vietnam has been marked by war, but it's it's not just about war. And I think we're in a in a phase um, now where you know there's men there's been several generations of Vietnamese Americans living in America since the war raising, you know, I think, you know, our own children and and hopefully being able to define a different story that's beyond just the Vietnam War. Yes. So I'm intrigued and forgive me if I miss all the details, like what was it like for your mom to finally come to a decision that she wanted to go back, right? And what was it like for her? And how is she today after having gone back? Is she happy she did? Do you guys still have family there who stayed, you know, after the war? And and what was that like on your second trip with mom? Yeah. So writing the book, Aloha Vietnam, was so much about ancestral healing. It was about giving the characters in the story, but really characters in my own life. And, and I know people in my community who haven't had the opportunity to really process what it was like to leave Vietnam so quickly because it was, you know, re war related, you know, my family left in, in the matter of weeks and, and as soon as they landed in America, they went to work like right away. There was no time to transition. There was no time to process what any of that meant, leaving, saying goodbye, starting over. They just had to start working and surviving Right. And I know that leads to unprocessed grief and unprocessed loss that leads to mental health symptoms. So partly writing this book was not only about the daughter's adolescent, the adolescent daughter's bipolar illness. It was about the mother having the time to process what it was like to leave her family behind and start over and, and her own healing journey around that. And I really felt like writing the book and sharing it with my mom really helped us do our personal, our family personal healing history around it. So by the time that it, the opportunity came up for us to go to Vietnam last month in February, I guess it was two months ago, it felt so aligned. I had just published the book and here was an opportunity for us to go back to Vietnam. And my mother was super excited this time very different than 20 years ago when she said, you know, don't go back. We were super excited and it was a great trip. It was a great trip. And all these questions I had about my mother's life growing up in Vietnam, what was her childhood like? What was it like for her to get the news that you're going to have to leave the country? What, how did she keep in touch with the family and friends she left behind or did she not leave be, or did she not keep in touch there were so many questions i had growing up as a child that i didn't get it i couldn't get answers from because my parents i think just didn't really know the answers and, and they they were still living in this hierarchy of just like surviving but now that our family you know has made it and has had time to process our journey filled in so many holes that I've been wanting answers to. And it was so healing. It was so healing. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. It, it, it's hard not to delve deeper into the history of why some people stayed versus 
why did did her family have to leave? Was she more of an activist? Was she more involved in political activities? Like, why did some people from the South choose to stay versus others who left? I know that for the refugee program, people need to get qualified in order to be accepted into the U.S. refugee admission program. So is it that she was qualified and others were not qualified? You know, so, so many questions. I'd love to answer as many as I can. I'll just share my family's personal story of how they left, why they left and how they were able to leave. I'm not an expert on all the uh, other pathways, but my family was really blessed. So my father, um, he was very smart. He was very intelligent. So as a high school student, he studied and did really well. So he won a scholarship to go study abroad in Australia as a university student, which those, those scholarships were very rare and uncommon in Vietnam at that time. But for a select few students, that Vietnam was trying to send them abroad to kind of learn about other countries and cultures. So my father studied, went to university abroad in Australia, which was also very, you know, uh, uncommon at that time. But then he came yeah. back to Vietnam. He, he never wanted to leave Vietnam. My parents never wanted to leave Vietnam. Vietnam is very much about you stay close to your family, you stay close to your land. That is, you die on the cemetery plot in the backyard of your family farm. So no, yeah. they did not want to leave Vietnam. But my father came back um, to, to Vietnam to, to, you know, just continue being the son. He was the oldest son um, in his family. And there's a lot of ancestral rights that you have to do as, as the oldest son or as any, any child. You have to really honor your ancestors and take care of your parents. But he was also, you know, he was working uh in in economy the economics with the with the government and the government was still trying to learn from other governments so they sent my father right. to the US to the Washington DC to learn about the american economy with the hopes that we would he would come back and apply what he had learned in america to develop vietnam but that was in spring of 1975 when the war was you know, going on. And, you know, there's all these stories of people just trying to live their lives while these bigger political wars are going on that affect everyone, but also are, you're just trying to live your life. But when it became clear that the North Vietnamese government was, was going to win the war and that the, the American troops were pulling out, American troops were supporting the South Vietnamese government, but they, they were like, this was no longer favorable. America was no longer interested in sending money and lives to Vietnam. So the, the Americans pulled out, which meant that anyone associated with the South Vietnamese government would also be the losing side and would be placed in re-education camps and um, really, you know, restructured. So my, my father could not come back to the country unless he wanted to end up in a re-education camp so right he he had um my my aunt who was also very intelligent and also got a scholarship to study abroad in america at that time married an american who had contacts in um, the american military so he was able to come back he was already on a mission to come back and help the american troops pull out and he was able to to help my mother and her brother and my oldest sister and a few I mean, my grandmothers, she was able to just 
uh, able to get them out on this, those last frantic days of April 1975, it's coming up, the anniversary, the end of April was when there was just, everything was falling apart and, and people tried to get out if they could. have pondered these questions in our psyche and consciousness for decades. Those who stayed behind, those who left, processing this, 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 this disruption to our modern psyche around leaving or not leaving and what that meant for our lives and future. These are real questions that have continued to simmer in the Vietnamese immigrant the diaspora experience for for decades after and that was why even for my own family going back in february felt like a a necessary healing uh piece to to answering some of these questions and coming to our own understanding and peace of of just our family's story i think there it's still unresolved for many vietnamese american families wow wow and so I'm assuming that up until today, the country is still communist or has it changed to some other form of uh, government? Is it still communist? It is still communist. And I am not a politician or a political science expert, so I can't speak too much around what that actually means. Um, there, there, there seems to be, you know, pe Vietnamese people are very resourceful at living and surviving. So it seems like regardless of what government is doing, the Vietnamese people have found a way to continue to live and grow and survive and thrive. So um, it is still run by a, um, a communist party, but I, I don't, the effects of that are so complex. Yes. Yes. I can imagine. And, 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 that would be another hour of a separate conversation, I'm pretty sure. But thanks for sharing and giving us into an eye into some of the history, you know, explanation as to why some people had to leave and are, you know, have called now calling the U.S. home and are, you know, probably still here. I'm sure. I don't know if others have decided to go back. But uh, yes, I, I have come across a lot of Vietnamese. I know about pho, right? I've gone to <laughs> restaurants and tried the pho and, and I see them quite a bit over in the DC area as well. I think here in the Atlanta area, there are some folks that that's the popular meal that I associate with, uh, with Vietnam. Yes, that is the, the pho noodles is the most popular um, immigrated culinary here. It is, it is wonderful. And I would say that this past trip really gave my family a real understanding that we are Vietnamese American, that the, the, the American part of that is as much of our identity as the Vietnamese part. And it, as, as a Vietnamese American, so much of my cultural identity journey has been trying to understand my Vietnamese heritage more, but actually realizing, understanding both my Vietnamese and American heritage and how they both play such an integral part of who I am has been the wholeness and healing journey of 
you know, this war, there was such, this war disrupted my family's Vietnamese trajectory to becoming a Vietnamese American family. But there was so much recognition of how that radically altered our lives. And there was a loss, but there was also a gain. There was, there's so much gratitude and blessings that we've experienced being Vietnamese American. Yes, that's awesome. That's a good perspective to have. And, you know, I guess as you go through your healing process, and those are some of the recognitions that come up, right? I'm walking through mine as well. So I completely get that. So I wonder, how did you navigate, you know, being raised in a Vietnamese home? Because I'm pretty sure your parents were probably pretty culturally Vietnamese, living in a, a land called the USA. And at home, there's very cultural, it's culturally Vietnamese, but when you leave and you go out, you're at school and so forth. How did that turn out for you over the years? I'd love to share more about that and unpack it. So my family had the blessings of immigrating to Honolulu, Hawaii. So I like to say in the book, for refugees, ending up in Hawaii is like winning the lottery. So it's, it's like you end up in this land of paradise. And yes, my family was very culturally Vietnamese. I mean, literally before they stepped off the plane, they had lived nowhere else in their life besides Vietnam. And yet you land in Hawaii, which is already a melting pot of cultures, but it's also, a, it's predominantly Asian. There's a strong Asian influence. So, you know, there's a lot of longer history of Japanese and Chinese migration to, to Hawaii. So it was a very interesting experience of my family looked like we belonged. So it's not like we were all of a sudden transplanted into the Midwest or, you know, the South where we could clearly stand out as immigrants. We landed in Hawaii and we looked like we fit in, but we really didn't for a long time. And, and as a child growing up in that confusing sort of messaging of, Everyone thinks I should know what this, how to do this because I look like I should know how to do this. But actually, my family does not know how to live in America yet. So it was, it was this journey of really understanding that you know it is different. It, it for a child growing up in an immigrant family, it is inevitably different than a child growing up in a family that's established somewhere. And, and now as a child psychiatrist who understands the developmental process of children, I understand now why as a child, I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I belonged. It felt like there was always something that wasn't quite, like I just didn't quite fit in. And I, I misattributed that to you know, a personal deficit or a personal deficiency in either like being, you know, not cool enough, not pretty enough, whatever. I, I attributed all of that to a personal failing, which I now realize was was not. It was it was part of being in part of a being a refugee family. You're not gonna feel like you fit in because how can you? You you just got there. Right. And and also to I might add, excuse me. I mean, I have similar feelings even up until today. I've been here now 23 plus years. And I will tell you, I still don't feel like I fit in. Uh, some people will say you don't quite have a very strong Jamaican accent. 
but inevitably somebody's going to ask where are you from i don't know it's if it's about the way that i move or express myself there's something about me that just says that i'm not native here that i'm i came from somewhere else you know and so either someone else is going to remind me that i don't belong right or you go into the space and you realize that the, the way you think the perspectives you have are you know are different than the people who are who may have been here all their their lives so um i completely get that and it's funny sometimes i express it i have been through this podcast talking with different people and saying just really holding space for my experience because i think there are some out there who would try to deny some of what I was experiencing and to say, okay, well, I don't know anybody who would treat you like that, but I'm like, okay, well, this was my experience. And as immigrants, a lot of times we're on scene in the dark, legally or not, right? Leak. I mean, I came legally, you came in legally. Most Americans are probably here. Most immigrants who are here arrived to the country legally. And, but yet we're in the shadows. Our, our lives, our experiences, or the value we bring is like, it's almost like taboo and people you know and so i'm just that's why i have the space is to say yeah no we're we're doing a lot of work and adding a lot of value to this country and our experiences and our humanity deserves to be amplified to be highlighted to be addressed because there's so many um issues i think immigrant families and people who are living this immigrant life are dealing with mental issues you working this space you can understand and then children of immigrants. These are the uh, the children of tomorrow who are uh, American citizens who are going to be um, impacting this country. And so we need to make sure that they are healthy growing up and being able to um, participate wholly to the to the, to our society. So I completely get that about not fitting in, and I'm still working it out, honestly. Well, I think. This 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 notion of belonging, of fitting in and knowing that you belong is not just I mean, it, it's I think it's amplified in immigrant refugee families, but in mental health, when I work with people from all walks of life, from all, you know, ethnic migration experiences, people who've been here for generations, I hear it. I hear it all the time from from everyone. So I feel that it's a very human struggle as well to feel like we belong we belong in in humanity we belong in wherever we are in our in our families in our workplaces in our social communities and it's it's something that all humans i think experience and it's 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 a journey this is the personal healing journey of really honoring you yourself as a unique contribution to humanity and all the complexity of your journey to know that you truly belong you truly belong here just on this earth in humanity in your body in your life that is the healing journey that um i think we're all on join us again next time for part two of this episode we thank our listeners around the world and we appreciate your continued support as we build our human library. Please remember to give us a five-star review, subscribe and share with your friends, family and circle of influence.